This is probably the second time I forgot to turn on my mic before I got on stage. So I'm, you probably won't see me up here again. No. Uh, hey, I just want to give uh, two shout-outs really quick. Firstly, I just want to thank Dan. Um, Dan has been just instrumental to supporting me and helping me in uh, kind of craft this message. Uh, he's just been such a resource. He was texting me, emailing me, always available for my help. Uh, and uh, I just really appreciate Dan and who he is. We have a great lead pastor, my friends. Um, yes. Uh, and then secondly, I want to thank Tyler Lane, who spoke to us last week uh, for our second week in our Experiencing God series. And he spoke about this idea that God is pursuing a relationship with us. And man, Tyler uh, is a, just a great communicator. He loves students, and he wants to see uh, high school, middle school students, and kids all in thriving relationships with Jesus and so uh, I just feel honored to be able to follow up his message as well. So to that being said, if you don't know who I am, my name is Zach. Uh, I am our current guest experience lead, and I am actually, yes, transitioning into our new uh, life groups and young adults pastor role. Uh, and so today I get to bring to you the message that uh, God invites us into his work. But the main topic is like, God invites you to become involved with him in his work. Okay, okay, cool. That's short. God invites you into his work. You know, real short and sweet. Um, and that's my whole focus today is I want you to realize and understand how God invites you into his work. Uh, and there's a lot of, I wish I could emphasize every word. I'm like, God, all right, let's focus on that. Invites, let's focus on that. You, let's focus on that. His, you know, work, all, all those things. Um, but before I get there, I, I'm really excited for this next season of my life, as, especially as we step into this new role um, as a young adults uh, and life groups pastor. Real quick plug, if you are a young adult, 18 to 30, I'm going to be out uh, in the lobby after service. I would love if you would just say hello to me. We have a couple of fun things coming up I want to just invite you to, uh, and I just want to help you know, get you connected. And so if you're a young adult in this room, which I know there are some, uh, singles, marrieds, whatever you are, uh, as long as you're in that age group, come say hi. I would love to get a chance to meet you. But that's not the only reason I'm really excited about this season of my life, is because in about 42 days, I'm going to be getting married. Yes. yes. So you can keep your nieces and your granddaughters to yourself. Um, that This is Casey. Uh, man, she loves Jesus. She loves me. Uh, and uh, she loves the church. Uh, and I'm really excited just to continue uh, to do ministry with her. Uh, ministry is really on both of our hearts. And so uh, I feel like the Lord really gave me a good one. So I'm really excited about that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. I want to tell you about how I got here. And that's how I'm going to start today. You see, about eight years ago, almost nine years ago, uh, I was feeling like the Lord was calling me into something new. And he was calling me what I, what I believe to be a pastor. Um, and even more specifically, he was calling me to go to Bible college. Uh, and I was like, all right, Lord, like, I'm willing, whatever you, whatever you, you know, we'll go on your plan, Lord, whatever you want. And I had recently taken a trip to Chicago. Uh, now, I love Chicago. Man, I love the pizza there, the cheese and the sauce. That's like a mile long. Oh, my gosh. Um, I love the pizza. I love the, the comedy there. There's a lot of good comedy centers in the area. Um, I love the hustle and the bustle. I love like the subways and the buses and never had to drive anything. I love the big metal bean thing that's like in the center of Chicago. Don't know what it is, but it's cool. And I just, I, I love Chicago. And being from Ohio, I would make trips up to Chicago all the time. 
And when the Lord's like, hey, I want you to go to Bible school, I was like, man, I know there's a Bible school in Chicago. Hallelujah. This is totally God's plan. You know, it's like, it felt like all the puzzle pieces were fitting perfectly. You ever have that moment in your life where you just feel like, man, that's the thing, and that's the thing, and it's like, oh my gosh, it all works together. And uh, I was like, you know what? I'm going to apply to that Bible school. And so I applied, uh, and they got back to me really quickly. It was Moody Bible Institute, if anybody knows Moody Bible. Hey, um, And so it was Moody Bible Institute, and they got back to me like a week later, and like, hey, we saw your application. We just want to let you know that you've been accepted to Spokane, Washington. I'm like, that's not Chicago? I'm confused. Um, and they're like, well, hey, we, ha- we have a branch campus out in Spokane. Uh, and I'm like, what's Spokane? Um, I'm like, it's a real place. So I'm like, I didn't know you guys existed. Didn't know this, didn't know you were real. Uh, I thought Spokane, just like Washington and, and Bookfit itself, was, was a, a mystery. It was fake. Uh, and so I was like, okay, well, let's figure out what Spokane is. But I was like, that's, that's not... That's clearly not what God wants me to do, clearly. So I, I wrote up a five-page letter. This is not an exaggeration. I wrote up a five-page letter uh, telling the Chicago admissions team about all of my story, about where I've come from and the family I've come from and how, man, I really felt like the Lord has put Chicago on my heart and I wanted to do ministry in Chicago and all these things. And they're like, wow, that was an inspiring story. You are going to love Spokane. <laughs> Jeez. I'm like, all right, okay, all right. And then the Lord hit me with, every now and then you just get like a spiritual gut punch from the Lord. And I remember thinking this question of like, how prideful do I have to be to immediately reject something that God might have for me? How prideful do I need to be to say no to God? To to receive his invitation and say, no thanks, that's not my plan, I'm gonna go in a different direction. How prideful do I have to be to do that? And so from that, the Lord humbled me. Uh, and uh, if you know anything about my family life, there's not, not much there. And so I literally packed up my entire life. I had a Jeep and like a turtle shell carrier. And uh, I literally packed everything into that car and I drove all the way out to Spokane. And I was still convinced, man, I still wasn't there. I was like, all right, Lord, I'll go. But like, I'm going to Chicago, right? And uh, it, but it was a couple months in, and I fell in love with this city. I fell in love with this region. I saw God do amazing, incredible things, and I knew exactly that this is where the Lord would have me be. And so I decided to stay, and four years later, uh, you will find me now here on this stage doing ministry in this lovely region, talking to all you wonderful people. So God does... Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, so God really did an awesome work, but it was only because I was willing to listen to him and put my plan aside and listen to what he had. And also, then I met my wife, so it's great. Um, but I want to I explain to you this idea that, okay, if God invites you into his work, I want you to understand that God is actually going to invite you into something new. You see, if Christians, if you put your faith in Jesus, uh, the Bible says that you are a new creation. The old is gone so that the new can come. And so when God invites you into his work, I want you to want to let you know that he's inviting you into something new, and not just something new. Um, sometimes he will call you into uh, something that's completely new. Like for me, Spokane was completely new. I, again, I didn't know you guys existed, but yet God was saying, that's where I want you to go, and that's what I want you to do. 
So God's invitation will actually invite us into something completely new, or he will actually call you to look at what you're currently doing in a new way. Whatever it is, I know it's new, and I, go, I know it's going to require change. So God's work is going to require change, and it's going to be something new. But I was talking to Dan. Like I said, Dan was a great resource for this message, and uh, he gave me some really good thoughts, uh, and let me pick his brain a bit. And uh, we're talking about this idea of God invites us into his work, and it's like, well, what is our work? And he gave me this definition that I wanted to share with you that I thought was awesome. God's work is to use us in bringing people back or into a right relationship with God through Jesus Christ and helping us to become more like him. So God is all about pursuing individuals and using you to share the gospel and to help people uh, establish a relationship with Christ, all in the meantime, building you into a better image of himself. How exciting is that? That he uses you to reach other people while also using you to grow you, which is, I think is incredible. So I'm really thankful for Dan to have uh, give me that, um, that definition there. But something... Uh, that if we're honest about, God invites me to do his work. Well, I have a lot of excuses and hesitations to accepting God's invitation to do his work. Um, so often, I mean, my five-page letter, uh, I literally wrote in that five-page letter, uh, why they should let me into Chicago, that I would sleep in a broom closet. This is not an exaggeration. I was, I was, I will sleep in a broom closet if you let me in, you know, I'll, I'll go anywhere you want. And, uh, I was, I was trying to give all these excuses and all these reasons of why my plan is the better plan. And it's, I want to I encourage you today that it's, it's natural to have these hesitations. You're not the only one. In fact, Moses himself had these hesitations. You see, Tyler last week spoke about how God revealed himself while pursuing Moses as a burning bush. What we're going to talk about today is what actually he says in the bush, you know, how God and Moses start interacting, and you're going to see God invite Moses into something, and you're going to see how Moses responds. So let's read. This is out of Exodus 3, uh, 7 through 12. Then the Lord told him, this is God talking to Moses, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them, oh, excuse me, uh, lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing of milk and honey. It's the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abuse them. Now listen to this. Now go, he's talking to Moses, go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people out of Egypt. But Moses protested to God, who am I to appear before Moses, uh, to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? And God answered, I'll be with you. And this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you, that when you've actually brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. Moses met his invitation directly from God. He's speaking directly to God. And he met this invitation with extreme hesitancy and excuses. And I'm going to go through a list of, of all the excuses and hesitations Moses has. But I want you to think about is maybe God is inviting you to do something. Maybe he has invited you to do something. 
And I want you to think about all the, the excuses or hesitations that have been on your mind. And I want you to look at the story of Moses, and I want you to see if you can relate with him as we walk through this list here. Because in verse 11, as we read, Moses protested to God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? Who am I? I'm not gifted in that way. I'm not equipped to do this. What authority do I have? Moses' hesitation is all about this idea of who am I? God, I, I'm just a schmuck. Who's a, he, he was a shepherd. You know, and, and he was running away from Egypt. He was, he was, not only was he just kind of a, a nobody, but he was, he was a somebody who was actually running from his plan and purpose. And so he didn't feel worthy by any means. Who am I to lead people? I can't figure out this life myself. And you see Moses' insecurity playing into his identity. Who am I? Because I'm not the person that you think I am, Lord. The next one, but Moses protested if I go to the people of Israel and I tell them that the God of your ancestors has sent me, they will ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? What should I tell them? How should I do this? What will the other people think of me? Are they just going to think I'm a cuckoo Christian? Because I'm telling, asking them if I can pray for them, asking them if I should lead them. Maybe they're going to look back at me and say, yeah, who are you? How dare you speak into my life? You have no authority to do that. You're not God. And so Moses is having this insecurity of, how, what should I tell them? How, can, how am I supposed to do this? On whose authority, God? And what if they don't believe me? The next one, in verse, uh, verse one, the, the same thing, but Moses protested again. What if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? What if they doubt, God, that you're real? What if they doubt my relationship with you? What if they don't believe that you sent me? What, what could I stand on? What foundation do I have if they don't believe you're actually real? How do I lead them when they doubt, if I'm doubting myself? These are the hesitations that Moses is struggling with. It goes on. In verse 10, <laughs> keeps going on. But Moses pleaded with the Lord, Oh Lord, I am not very good with words. I never have been, and I'm not now. And even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue-tied and my words get tangled. I am not qualified for this. You're asking me to do something very specific, Lord, and I know I can't do it because I am not equipped to do it. I don't have the skills to do it. I can't do this, God. I'm not ready for this. And then lastly, I feel like this is one that's been on my heart a lot. 13, verse 13, but Moses again pleaded, Lord, please send anyone else because it can't be me. You've got the wrong guy. I'm not equipped for this. I'm not ready for this. I don't have time for this. I don't have the resources for this. I don't have the skills for this. Get someone else to do it. You know, I kind of, uh, uh, I kind of make a joke, you know, often a lot of times in church we'll We'll, we'll come into church and we'll see some, uh, a door that is empty and not being held open by a greeter. And a lot of people will pray, Lord, I pray that you send a greeter. 
That's what I do. If I'm honest, that's what I do. Every time I'm like, Lord, I, I'm, you're going to provide, Lord, you know? Because you're going to obviously send somebody else to do it. Because I don't have time. I'm barely, I'm running late. The kids are freaking, you're yelling in the car. I can't do anything. Are you kidding me right now? And you're going to ask me to volunteer at a church? Uh-uh, I don't have time. I don't have the money, Lord, to, to give in that way and to support my missionary friend or what the church is asking to do. I don't have any resources. I can't give much. Man, Lord, I know you're, asking, you're calling me to be a, a, a carpenter, but I've never worked with wood a day in my life. So Jesus, you're going to have to teach me. I don't know, does Jesus have a master class in woodworking? Can I watch that before I, I serve you in that way? But we come up with all these excuses, and we just say, you know what, Lord, obviously you have the wrong person. This is not a part of my plan. Send someone else. Send someone else. And this is interesting. Because then the Lord became angry with Moses. Angry. It's not often that we see in the Bible uh, the Lord become angry with an individual. This verse got me thinking about another instance uh, in the Bible. Uh, not necessarily his anger, but um, I was reading through Mark. Uh, and there's a story, it's, this isn't going to be on screen, so I'm just going to have to paraphrase it for you. There's a story about a rich young guy, a rich young ruler, uh, who approaches Jesus, and he says, Jesus, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? What do I need to do? And Jesus replies, well, have you followed the Ten Commandments? Have you followed the law? Are you, are you checking all the boxes? Um, and he says, absolutely, Lord. I, I follow all the Ten Commandments. I even give to the poor. I've done all the things. And Jesus says, great. And in Scripture, it even says, and Jesus loved him intently. And looking at him with genuine love, Jesus says, you're still missing one thing. I want you to go sell all of your possessions and come and follow me. And then the Bible says that that young ruler became sad and he walked away. And that's all we have of that story. You see, Jesus wanted the ruler to be able to give his entire life when following Jesus. Not just come to church on Sundays, do the things, check the boxes, follow the commandments. Jesus wanted a relationship with this man. He loved him deeply and genuinely. He wanted a relationship with him, a relationship where his child, his son, would be willing to give everything to follow him. Jesus wants us to give everything to follow him. So why is he angry at Moses? Because Moses was calling God Lord, yet he wasn't actually letting God be Lord. It's either Lord of all or Lord not of all. And the idea that God was angry because he wanted to have a, a relationship with Moses where Moses would be willing to do whatever he asks. If God calls and gives you an invitation, it requires a response. See, I'm in the middle of wedding planning season. I think we got about 42 days left until the wedding, and it's exciting. And I've sent out invitations. And if I know anything, it's a, a lot of people ignore my invitations, all right? There's some of you in this room right now. RSVP to the wedding, geez. Do it. All right, 
texted you. Um, it's easy to ignore my invitation, but it's impossible to ignore God's invitation. When God invites you into something, he's kind of relentless at times, but he's also loving. He will continue to invite you into something, and he will continue to put something on your heart, and he will continue to make you uncomfortable. He will continue to challenge you, but he will also provide a way. You see, even though God was mad at Moses because Moses just wanted to check the box. He just wanted the, the image of being seen as a, a man who loves the Lord, just like the rich young ruler who was just kind of going for the checkboxes. God was angry at that relationship because he wanted more from the individual, not, not, not him to do more, but him just to be willing to have a relationship with him. In the midst of that anger, what does God do? Does he smite Moses? Does he get even more angry at Moses? Does he start yelling at him? No. He provides for him. He gives him away. He looks at all the hesitations and excuses, and he gives Moses an answer. This is what he says. All right, God said. I love that. I just hear, all right, you know. All right, God said. What about your brother Aaron the Levite? I know he speaks well. And look, he is on the way to meet you right now. He will be delighted to see you. Talk to him and put the words in his mouth. I will be with you both as you speak, and I will instruct you both in what to do. Aaron will be your spokesman to the people, and he will be your mouthpiece, and you will stand in the place of God for him, telling him what to say. So take your shepherd's staff with you, your shepherd's staff with you, and use it to perform the miraculous signs that I have shown you. God's work is done in God's strength, not your own. When God invites you to do something, when he calls you to do something, he will equip you to do it. Because God's work is done by God's strength. This isn't about you doing more. This isn't about you trying harder. This is about you letting God do what he wants to do in your life. So how do we overcome these hesitations and these excuses and these insecurities? Well, I have three questions. Three questions to ask yourself when God invites you into his work. Number one, who am I? This one uh, focuses on your relationship with God. Who are you? That's what, that's what Moses asked. He said, who am I, Lord? Who am I? Well, in Ephesians, Ephesians 2.10, it says that we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. The reality of who am I? You are God's masterpiece. You are his child. You are a son or daughter of the king. You are fully loved. You are fully forgiven. You have your identity rooted in Christ, not in your family, not in your vocation, not in anything other than your relationship with Christ. So who am I? I'm a child of the king. I'm a masterpiece created for his work, that he has planned for me. He has planned this work for me. That is who you are. And then that next question is, but how do I? If this is who I am, Lord, how do I do it? This focuses on your trust in God. If you have complete faith in who you are and your identity with God, your relationship with God, then prove it with your trust in God that when he asks you to do something, you know that he's going to provide for you to accomplish it. 
You know that he's going to give you everything you need. He's going to equip you to do whatever he calls you to do. You know, there's a, a famous phrase that I always sit with, the idea that he equips the called. He doesn't call the equipped. In Philippians, it says that for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. If God is going to call you to do something, yes, you're going to have to get out of your little comfortable bubble. But when you do that, he's then going to give you a passion and a desire to do his work. And then he's going to give you the power to do his work. And you can trust him because that's a promise. And that last question is, will I? When God calls you and invites you into his work, will you accept it? Will you say yes? This is a question you need to ask yourself. When God asks me to do something, how am I going to respond? Because an invitation requires a response. In James 1, it says to be doers of the word, not hearers only deceiving yourselves. Will you respond to God or how will you respond to God when he calls you? Knowing that he will provide for you, knowing that he loves you, and knowing that he created you with a purpose. If you believe that, why would we not accept every single invitation he gives us? Believe it or not, God still calls us to do new things today. You know, for me, he, he asked me to move to Spokane. Spokane. That was a big change. That was a really, really big thing for me. And sometimes, he's, sometimes God is going to ask you to do a really, really, really big thing. I don't want to minimize that. God will ask you to radically change your life to follow him. But on the other way, he will also invite you to do something just right in front of you. I want to share with you a story of a buddy of mine, Mark, who felt like God called him to do something and responded with obedience. Let's check out this story. Today we're visiting uh, Alan. And the very first time that we met Alan, he did not want us in his camp. He ran us off. It was pretty awkward. Was working downtown with my job, <clears throat> sat in the alley taking a break, about to eat my lunch. And uh, I saw a guy walk down the alley and open a trash can and just started eating out of the trash can. And God just kept prompting, prompting me, give him, your, give him your lunch, give him your lunch. I'm like, God, I don't want to get involved, man. This ain't my deal. <laughs> and uh, he's like, just, just give him your lunch. Just make conversation. I'm like, I don't know. I just, the Holy Spirit, they, they're like, okay, if they walk towards me, I'll do this. <laughs> they start walking to me. I'm like, are you kidding me, Lord? And so I just had some short conversation with him. And then following that, God's like, do it again. Do it again. And I was talking to a buddy about it. And he's like, I'll go downtown with you on a Saturday morning. Just kept praying, Lord, what do we do? And God kept providing. We started doing hygiene kits. And um, just started inviting more people and more people like, hey, let's go. Let's go just love on people. How can we point people to Jesus? And I was like, Lord, what can we do for one person? Can't go do like a Christmas thing for, for all 40, but what can we do for one person? And I was praying about it, and then John, he's like, can we do something for, for Christmas down with the homeless? And I'm like, man, that's funny, because I'm praying about it, you're praying about it. God's put it in our heart. 
So we went on Amazon and bought a eight by eight tarp shed. John brought a bunch of clothing, boots, just cleared out his closet. We set up this tent. So we took a marker and we wrote from the church people and we left. And then when we went back last month, I seen this and I seen that and I read that. And um, it just brought me to my knees. It, it brought me to my knees because I was angry at, I've been angry at God for season happening, you know. It made me cry. And I, and I wanted to show you guys how much I appreciated what you did. And I wish there, there were something that I could do. Even though God's blessing these folks through us, God is also blessing us through those folks. Just being able to like, okay, man, thank you, Jesus, for this opportunity to go down and, and share your love and see people's face light up when you offer them food with no strings attached. It's just like, hey, we just, we just want to love on y'all today. God puts different Bible verses on my, on my heart, and the one that's come up a lot is, you know, about storing our treasures up in heaven. And I'm like, okay, God, what does that mean? How do I store those treasures up in heaven? It's like, just be obedient. I'll, I'll lead you where you need to be. Just be obedient. God is prompting all of us to do something. The Holy Spirit says, hey, go, go do this. And if we're obedient, God will use us. We just got to be willing. I love that story. I love that story. You hear what he said at the end? If we're obedient, God will use us. If we're willing. An invitation requires a response. He gives you the opportunity to respond. What's your RSVP? You know what I mean? He will give you the opportunity to join in on his work. And not only will he give you the opportunity, look at Mark's story. Provided the calling, provided the resources, provided the people in order to accomplish what God was calling him to do. Look at Moses. Provided him the skills, the people, the calling, the direction. Look at me. God provided the car to be able to get out here, providing me the resources. And he, and he gave me just a wonderful community when I moved out here to let me know that this could be home. Moses was called to free the slaves. I was called to move to Spokane. Mark was called to give up his chicken. God will call you to do something. And I want to change my main point just a little bit. And I want to say this, that God uniquely invites you into his work. God is calling you into his work. God has created you for his work. God has a plan and a purpose for your life to do his work. God will equip you to do his work. He will give you the resources that you need to accomplish what he is calling you to do. He will do it in his strength, not in your strength. And he does it only because you respond to his invitation. So will you make room for God to do whatever he wants to in your life. 
built on your relationship with God, built on trust in God, and built on obedience to God. How will you respond to his invitation? Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you so much for how you continue to invite us into your work, Lord. I pray that Jesus, as we sit here, Jesus, that we would be willing to be changed. We'd be willing to be transformed. We'd be willing to be challenged. We'd be willing to be made uncomfortable, God, that we would be willing to receive your invitation. That God, as we think about what you are calling us to do, that Jesus, that we would, we would do it out of our identity with you, Jesus, that first and foremost, this starts with our relationship with you. That God, that we would know who we are, that we are, we are children of the King, we are masterpieces created for your purpose. And Jesus, beyond that, that we, from that relationship and from that identity, we would trust that, Jesus, that you care for your children and that you will provide when you call us to do hard things. That you will provide for us and equip us to do whatever you invite us to do. And God, we, may we focus our hearts so that when we receive the invitation from you, God, that we would be willing to accept it. It's in your name we pray, amen.